Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley and I'm the founder and CEO of Collab Talk. You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. This episode was recorded in November 2019 and it's a discussion with Sam Marshall from Clearbox Consulting as we discuss the state of internet in a box. Well, hey, this is Christian Buckley with another Collab Talk podcast, and I'm here with Sam Marshall. Hey, Sam. Good afternoon. Hey, Christian. How are you doing? Good yeah. evening to you. Good afternoon. I guess it's still afternoon. Up. Yeah, it's, it's winter, yeah. so it feels like it's nearly midnight, but yeah, it's afternoon. That's right. Well, why don't you introduce yourself, who you are, where you are, what you do? So I'm Sam Marshall. I'm based in the UK, and I'm the owner of Clearbox Consulting, and my company specializes in digital workplace strategy. So we're interested in tech, but we're not techie people. We're more business people who help organizations understand how it can benefit them. Now, I know one of the things that we talk about uh, every year, so you just released the fifth, is it the fifth version? It is the fifth, yeah. So the fifth version of your Internet in a Box uh, report. So why don't you talk about what that is and how you got started in that? It's, I've actually, I don't think I've ever asked you the kind of the background of that, how you got into that. So I, I dug out edition one, which we started researching in August, 2015. And it didn't come out until February 2016. So, and it only covered six products at the time, but it was a lot of work to get a grounding in that. And the thought came about because a lot of our clients were saying to us, you know, we were starting a new internet project. Last time it took about three years from the, the idea to launch. That was way too long. What other things that would help us get up to speed faster? Um, and there were a few companies like uh, Unily was an early player, EasyShare who were doing kind of interesting things around it. So I thought, yeah, probably a little bit like the guide you get to, to buying cars or hi-fi, there's a, there's a buyer's guide here that would help people just to interpret what's available in the market and maybe clarify them for themselves what are the criteria that matter. So every year what we've been doing is surveying the markets and every year the list of products gets longer and longer up to about 80 products that we know of on the market now which is incredible and you and i've talked about this in the past but like when uh, when jeff teeper came back uh in in charge of, of sharepoint uh he met with a bunch of uh, community people and mvps i talked to him uh briefly and uh and i asked him about his thoughts on because they they kept using the phrase about we're going to make sharepoint more beautiful and now here we are you know four years later and and it certainly has gone that, that direction. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just become a really attractive product and some, some powerful things that it was an ugly product you know, previously. <laughs> um, but, but so one of the things I, I, so I asked him about, I said, was the, the, the internet in a box you know, movement and the number of vendors that just were coming on scene, like every services business mm-hmm. was creating a product around mm-hmm. this. And it really has, as you said, you're you know, tracking over 80 Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and has it surprised you that it's continued to grow, even with SharePoint, just a vast improvement in SharePoint look and feel? Yes, it has. Uh, a couple of years ago, I thought we were at peak product when it was about 60 or so. And then more and more people were launching. And I was thinking, you know, why are you launching something new? Because there's now some well-established offerings out there. Surely, you know, you could be a partner to them and build on their IP. But they still thought, thought they had different things to offer. And actually, 
the barriers to entry are pretty low because lots of agencies have built bespoke SharePoint intranets for, for customers. And then they said, well, if we package this code up and give it a nice logo, we can have our own product. Uh, and that sounds quite appealing in the early days until you, you have to support it year in, year out. And then <laughs> it gets a bit harder. But I think um, I'm hoping this year that number will start to come down again because it's, it's too many. And there's still a lot of regionalization. So, you know, five, six years ago, if you wanted a SharePoint intranet, you would go to your local Salt Lake agency or, or the guys in Atlanta that everybody else had been to and say, yeah, we want to have lots of meetings. So it's important that you're co-located with us. That doesn't matter so much anymore. One, because modern SharePoint is a lot easier to get going with, but also because there are um, some of these vendors have got big partner networks now, maybe 200 partners around the world. So you can find the product you like and also the partner that you like who might be able to provide that local piece to the jigsaw. Christian, you're on mute. Yeah, you're I, I mute, clicked mate. the wrong way there. <laughs> yes, that's right. A little bit of editing that I'll do here. Uh, uh, well, one thing that uh, you, you made a great point about that, that more and more of these, because of Office 365 versus SharePoint on-prem, mm -hmm. that's, that's a big difference. You've seen that while there's still a ton of hybrid that's out there, I mean, certainly from what I'm seeing, uh, you know, more and more organizations where they're thinking about now going and building out a new uh, intranet platform, they aren't thinking about on-prem or even mm -hmm. for that component. Usually it's all in the cloud and they might have then integrations back to their on-prem environments if they have them at all. Yeah. And so I that's know. made it easier for that expansion, as you said, yeah. Yeah, I mean, on-prem is, is definitely in decline. And I think, for example, if you want social capabilities, it's, it's a rough old story. Got now a lot of them are still saying uh, use community sites. Do you remember community yeah. site template from SharePoint 2016, I think it was, or even 13? Yeah, so they're walking away from that. And probably fair enough, because if you're going from prem, you're probably a fairly conservative business. And what you're doing is, to some extent, propping up a, a legacy investment. Well, there are, again, I'm, uh, so I'm not, you know, as in deep anymore within the internet in the box space. Mm -hmm. It was a couple of years back, a uh, little bit more well-versed in what was happening in the space. But, you know, one of the ideas that you could go build out this, this front end, you don't need to go and invest heavily in that on-prem, even though you may have valid business reasons and we can mm -hmm. get into a different discussion around hybrid and the size of the hybrid market and, and that space. It's because uh, that has also caught Microsoft off guard with how big yeah. and yeah. how it's kind of sustained that size. They thought it would be dropping down a lot faster. Mm. And, and also for those that have on-prem, I just like to say this when I mentioned this is that there is still no plan of record for Microsoft to stop making on-prem SharePoint. Mm. There's mm. no published date talk about it on insiders. Uh, it's here to stay as long as it makes sense for Microsoft to continue making that. Uh, and, and so I think that the, what's happening is with the, it's largely, you don't see as many pure on-prem clients, but you do see a lot of hybrid. Uh, yeah. And, oh yeah. 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 And uh, Microsoft has a good track record, I think, of uh, supporting technologies for a long time and that backward compatibility, but God, the exciting stuff is all in the cloud. Sure. Um, I think the, the inner box vendors that are going to survive are the ones who are saying not so much, how do we fix the gaps in the Microsoft offer, but what can we add on top that's exciting and, and additional value rather than um, 
just a basic intranet because Microsoft certainly for uh, up to a medium-sized organization, I think has got that nailed now. Agree. Oh, I think that it really fits with the Microsoft messaging within the partner community uh, just a couple years ago, which is every partner is a software company and all these service companies were kind of, you know, scratching heads like, what, what does that mean? But I think it's to that point is leverage the out of the box, go and add your value, your additional value on top of that and it services around that, but it could even, you start to develop, you know, web parts and specific integrations and connectors and now with teams you know, other bots and, and, and connectors into, you know, taking these, these outdated systems that are part of your core, you know, platform and going and adding modifications to that. So I think there's, you've seen that, um, I've seen a lot of uh, automation and integration solutions, uh, specifically around HR and around recruiting are two mm -hmm. great examples of places where they're highly repetitive, where there's a, uh, a, a, a great need for um, AI to go in there and, and uh, streamline some of these processes and, and do some of the heavy lifting. And it's, so, it's a really good point because um, sometimes the Microsoft world is a little bit insular, as in the focus is very much on which piece of Office work, Office 365 works with another piece of Office 365. Whereas if you take it from the employee point of view and say, well, what tools do you do your work? very few employees that would only live within the Microsoft domain. You know, if you're sales, you're probably on Salesforce. If you're HR, you've probably got Workday or uh, IT might be using ServiceNow. And it's really important that we point ourselves much more around how do you create a good across the board digital workplace with these tools. Uh, and some of the inner box products are doing a great job now of saying, how do we create a more cohesive experience that is agnostic about the technology, but is building on your investment in Office 365. So uh, I, mean, I think if you look at something like Liberty Mutual or Wells Fargo that are taking a microservices approach and uh, the intranets are, are way ahead of what you can build with modern SharePoint because it's much more about how do I quickly get things done in, in 30 seconds rather than 30 minutes because everything's strung together on the front end through uh, an intranet or an app. Well, I mean, again, we've talked about for more than a decade, you know, wow. <laughs> well beyond a decade. I mean, this idea of kind of separating the data and the presentation layers uh, where you have, doesn't matter uh, if you have, you know, structured, unstructured content data, no matter where it is, yeah. your user doesn't care. They want that, that front end, which is your branded company experience. They want to be able to get to the content that they need wherever it sits. And so I, I, I it's exciting that Microsoft is investing so heavily in the graft and making sure that, I mean, there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, every workload to be writing all that data, putting all those signals, you know, to the graph to make it accessible through graph as an API to all these different solutions. Um, it's why I'm like, I've, I spent a little bit of time talking with, uh, with Adobe folks about what they're doing with the, 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 uh, the partnership between SAP, Adobe and Microsoft. And in my view, um, of course, I'm not familiar with everything Microsoft is doing, but it just seems that OB, uh, Adobe is, is out uh, uh, ahead in some respects mm -hmm. on that effort. They're really pushing that idea with marketing automation of having you know, a unified view across systems. They don't care where that data is coming from and kind of pushing that concept. Um, 
But it's, it's crazy that we keep coming back and reminding ourselves that the, the data and the presentation layers are, can and should be separate. But, you know, uh, even today someone was saying to me, oh, so our internet's going away because Teams is so popular. And it doesn't have to be an either-or choice. I mean, Teams is a great collaboration interface, but in terms of uh, if you want the, the organizational news or something which is more how do I explore what the organization has to offer, Right. You could go through Teams, but basically you're just using Teams as a web browser because you need <laughs> the richer presentation. You don't want to say uh, through a conversational interface, what are all my benefits available as an employee? It would take forever even for a chatbot to, to list them all out. And then you'd be scrolling back saying, what did it say again? You need that, that wider canvas to present things. Right. Well, it, it, you know, it looked my organization. So I, you know, I'm the only principal, but I have part-time employees. I've got partners that are in guest networks. And so I, primarily leverage teams. I don't have a formal intranet, yet I do have a couple team sites in SharePoint, which are getting more and more activity uh, within mm -hmm. that, and that we link within multiple teams. And it, it's almost becoming kind of our de facto, we don't have the formal news, we don't use it that way, uh, but it's becoming kind of that intranet environment. I could see another year or so get a couple full-time employees on that we're going to need to have that internet to be able to share information in, in that way. So it's, it, size is not so much of an issue because you could have 10, 20 people and teams might be, again, that perfect environment to do everything that you need to do. But when you start talking about some of those formal intranet-like capabilities, teams is not the right solution for that. So, I, I, I absolutely agree. So, um, and Microsoft is helping here. So the, the notion that just because the content lives on SharePoint, it has to be surfaced through a communication site or a team site. It, it's not true. But coming back to that thing about employees in the, the whole digital workplace being more technology agnostic, we do need to get to a point where, yeah, what, why can't you create a news story that lives within the SharePoint database, but then appears within Workplace by Facebook or appears on an employee app, which is also where they get their rotor because they're a frontline worker that doesn't really have a desktop or any way to engage in things other than through their personal mobile phone. And then you get away from this concern that a lot of, I mean, in, in Clearbox, we, we did a lot with internal comms people are saying, oh, well, we'd love an employee app, but I don't want to be rewriting news stories in two different content management systems. And I'm saying, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that, but we should be able to, to have a central repository and then push it out in the same way that web marketing people uh, use tools like HubSpot to, to write their tweets and their LinkedIn posts and everything once, and then it schedules it and it pushes out in the right format for the right point of consumption. Right, and all those systems, and uh, you, you, you have options, and there are other you know, deeper integrations, um, but like uh, you brought, like Salesforce is a great example, and I, HubSpot the same way, but you know, uh, Salesforce where you could have all of the your um, sales and marketing assets that are accessible through Salesforce, but are stored within SharePoint. And, yes. and so there's, yeah, so you have multiple options. In fact, I just was, as you mentioned that, um, so when I went to work back in 2010 for uh, an ISV in the SharePoint space, and we were a SharePoint vendor that also had a history in Lotus Notes. Mm -hmm. Some people remember the company Acceler. Um, and one of the things they did is when they, they acquired the, the company that I worked for, Echo Technology out of Seattle. And, um, they that same month they made the decision to uh, move over to Salesforce, and of mm -hmm. course we were a Dynamics uh, company, so it was a bit of a shift for us. 
um, as the acquiree, the acquiree. Um, mm. but one of the, a couple of the projects were, you know, but, but we want to make sure that all the content, all the documentation, um, all of the pre-sales content is all stored in SharePoint and accessible through Salesforce. We even did one of the first Yammer integrations that was pre-acquisition. There was a Yammer integration into Salesforce as we were trying to uh-huh. have that social component instead of, uh, you know, that you, because they had Chatter, which is the Salesforce tool. I don't know if there's now a, a way to get Chatter. There has to be. I'm not, I don't use Salesforce anymore. Um, but there's got to be a way to get the, the Chatter, the conversation, the, um, the chat tool in Salesforce out of Salesforce. They'd be fools if they didn't have that solution. Um, but the, but this, again, it's that idea is no matter where that, a little bit. that system, where you are, it, you know, that, that conversation that is tied to a client that's tied to account, um, that's be- between coworkers is a, an important information asset that needs to be, you know, captured and stored somewhere within that knowledge management, you know, information management system, which yeah. is part of what a, you know, a, a portal is what your intranet is i mean i think what we're saying is that these ideas have been around for a long time and that the concepts behind them are are sound what i like about the the shell point in a a box vendors is that they're finally making it easy enough for it to be practical even for for not the largest companies so you mentioned chatter integrating chatter and maybe surfacing that on a, a sharepoint page as you would easily do with yammer it's defeated some of our very large clients. You know, they, they tried it and it just hasn't worked well. Mm. Whereas if you've got a, an inner box vendor who's doing that for maybe a user base of half a million people, then yes, they probably can crack it and do it well in a way that no individual intranet would, would have the funding to address. So the uh, so as far as the report, so you guys, this is the, yeah. the fifth version just came out. It's now, it's, it's available now? It came out two weeks ago. You can get it for immediate download. If you go to clearbox.co.uk, you might want to say that again for me, Christian, with an American accent, so people know what I mean. C-L-E-A-R-B-O-X.co.uk. Clearbox. There you go. Thank you. (laughs) Clearbox. Yes. (laughs) It's $595, and it's nearly 600 pages. And what's new this year is that we're now moved to a quarterly update model. So in the past, you'd buy like the, the 2019 edition, and that'd be it. Whereas with this new edition, we're calling it version five, and you get 5.1 um, start of February, and then 5.2 three months later. And that means that as the cadence of the Microsoft world keeps updating, we, we can keep that in sync. And also some of the vendors, you know, they'd say, well, can we do our demo in January? Because then we'll have an exciting new release. And we'll say, yeah, we'll, we'll write your review in January. And we'll, we'll give everybody the, the latest news on that when they buy the report. Well, it's great because that process, if a company's really making a decision, especially an enterprise organization, it's going to take a few months to kind of go through that process. Maybe there's a formal RFP. And in that time, you know, the technology could change and could alter that, that decision. So you give them some options to look, take a look at that data. But that also... Um, I'm sure you've got repeat customers that are, that are coming back and, and looking at that. I don't know. What is the, what is the cycle, the change cycle on an intranet these days? If it's getting easier to deploy through some of these third party solutions, should I be looking at a new intranet vendor every two to three years? The, the lifespan of an intranet seems to be about three to five years, but 
definitely I would say get into a more agile way of working so that every year you're saying, well, what are we improving next? What are we pushing forward from, from the internet so that you don't have that launch and it's fantastic. And then two years later, it's looking stale and messy and everybody's saying, oh, it, you know, compared to my consumer experience, it feels dated and it feels a bit neglected. And again, that, that's what's nice about the inner box products is that they are constantly updating themselves. You know, we're reporting on what's the latest version and what's the update model for it. Because um, that way you get things for new in your intranet just by subscribing to the, the inner box model. Um, you don't always have to be saying, we've got to find extra money to, to develop the new things that we want. Now, I know you have some samples uh, that are out there, so people can go take a look and understand kind of what, what's inside, but I mean, how in-depth are the profiles in each of these companies? Yeah, so you, you can download a free executive summary from clearbox.co.uk. I'm <laughs> <laughs> getting there. <laughs> uh, you know, that's like 37 pages. Uh, it's got real content. It's not just advertising, so you'll get a sense of the report approach. Um, but what you don't get is that we cover 30 products with in-depth reviews and each review is about five days of work it's 16 pages on average and you get uh seven sometimes a dozen or more screenshots that are, you won't get those on the web or anywhere else these are unique to our reports and then there's another um 22 products where we do like a a two-page listing which gives you all the kind of stuff you'd need as, uh, from procurement to say where are they based and how big is the company and what's the biggest client and what um, markets and industries do they serve? So all of those, the idea is that with our reports, you can get down to a short list of maybe four or five vendors to really focus on and do your due diligence about rather than exploring very broad and feeling like there's 20 candidates. And just as you decided on one to recommend, your boss says, oh, I saw a presentation on this company. Did you consider them? And you go, God, didn't know about them. With our report, you can be confident that you will know about the ones that matter, and that's what we're here to do. But you still got to be really clear about what it is you want from the intranet and what it is your organization has as, as criteria, you know, about everything from maybe the, the branding is very important to you through to data sovereignty, and if this is cloud-hosted, have they got an Azure cloud that's in Germany? Because for German uh, companies, for example, that can be a very sensitive issue. Yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, obviously, if you've gone through this this process and had to select vendor, I've done it, you know, many times over my my career, and mm. and to to go and spend, you know, five hundred ninety five dollars on a report that summarizes what would be weeks of work for an individual to yeah. to go and collect, and you still wouldn't collect all of that information on that many vendors. Really give you some insight, but especially going back to one of your first comments about. You know, the specializing and, and, and what's with 80 different vendors providing solutions. And mm -hmm. while I agree with you, I think there's going to be some further consolidation. We've seen a little bit of that, like a Lifetiles Act, uh, acquiring wisdom is a great example. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're going to see some more of that um, and, and others that just won't, won't last. But, um, but it does allow uh, there to be specialties in certain by industry or by region or as you point out, those that are specialized in public sector or in specific you know, countries, regions like, uh, like Germany or Australia or South Africa. Uh, and so all things that you go and take a look at and really understand who are the players which will meet all of my requirements. I mean, it's just tremendous value in a report like that. So I've been a, been a fan of it since I, I left the space uh, you know, well, three years ago 
Uh, and, and so it's, it's great to see this continue to grow. I, I'm, I'm, I'll be, you, you said that you think that you're going to see the number come back down. Mark my words. When we have this conversation next year, you can be like, well, again, the number went up. <laughs> That's my prediction. So You think he'll go up? Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, but yeah, go with Maybe it's just wishful thinking, you know. Uh, yeah. The, the report is so large, I can no longer get a printer who will bind it for us. It, it has to come in two sections now, you know. It's like, a, it's like this is half of it. <laughs> so, it's like the Old Testament and the New Testament version we've got now. <laughs> uh, you know, the, did you know that you can also provide that digitally, right? <laughs> did you know that? Yeah, I, I know, I know. It's, it's new. It's a, the kids are yeah. new. I know. So. It'll never catch on. You yeah. can read it on your phone, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Next, you'll be telling me you don't have yellow pages anymore. What crazy talk? <laughs> I don't know what this thing that you're speaking of. Yes. <laughs> don't pretend well, you're that young. <laughs> no, no, no. So, Sam, so people want to find out more about, about the report and get a copy of that and, and get in yeah. touch with you if they have any questions. How can they reach you? So, uh, if you want to buy the report, then that is the clearbox.co.uk URL. Uh, if you want to see what we're talking about, then the uh, on Twitter we're very active. So at Clearbox or myself, at Sam Marshall, please do reach out to us. You know, we're, we're very friendly. We Often people come to us saying, you know, uh, can, can you just help us with the shortlist? You know, we bought the report, but we're still thinking. And everything from a quick exchange on Twitter through to, I mean, most of what we do is consulting through to workshops and things. We, we'll do all that too. And look out for our webinars because we're often talking about this topic as well. I'm going to be presenting at the European SharePoint Conference first few days of December in Prague. And I've just been writing my slides on this topic today, Christian. So this conversation is very timely because it's all about um, how do you jumpstart an intranet using Office 365. Excellent. Well, we'll see you there. I'm uh, looking forward to that travel. I, I think I arrive on the 30th or 30 or, uh, or there's not 31st or uh, December 1st. I think I land in Prague on December 1st. So. Excellent. That lovely journey from the Western U.S. Whew. Good times. <laughs> no, it's always a good event. So, yeah, look forward to catching up there. All right. See you in a couple of weeks. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. You can find us online at collabtalk.com, as well as on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.